In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome back, everybody, to a very special episode of Not Another Woo! True Crime Podcast. Yes, I'm Sarah Levine. And I'm Danny Murphy. But Sarah, you know, we're not important today. And that's okay. It's true. We're not your only partners in wine, crime, and time because we are here with YouTuber, and honestly, she's great on Instagram too, guys, Chelsea Suarez. Ah! Hi! Hi, oh thank you God, so much. Oh my God, it's so good to have you here. <laughs> yeah. I'm so honored to be here. I mean, I feel like I was... Like dropping little hints to Sarah and on the um, oh, yeah. <laughs> on the on the podcast Instagram page for a while. It's like, hey, if y'all like, if you want me to come in, let me know. You know, shameless plugs. It's fine. That's how we do. We love. I a mean, well, plug. I'm so glad you shamelessly plug because you're doing so much stuff that we're obsessed with too. I mean, any person who's anti MLM is a friend of ours. So we're happy to have you here. Love that. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what you're doing anti MLM wise? Yeah, so um, there is a subgenre of commentary content on YouTube called anti-MLM content. If you're listening to this podcast, you most likely know what an MLM is, but an, a multi-level marketing company, also known as network marketing, also known as legal pyramid schemes, also known as social selling, direct sales. It goes by everything. That's why, if you notice, I've been hashtagging social selling on Ooh. my on my Instagram I thought, reels. I thought that was a Selling Sunset spinoff. I was like, damn, this girl's in real estate too. God bless. Okay, good to know. I, hey, there is one of those in Tampa now. Um, oh, that's which, true. All of it's fake. Yes. It's so strange. I can give you the tea on that off camera. Ooh. But um, yeah, it's... it's um, a movement, so to speak. I don't really like calling it a movement, but it, it is. And um, it's people debunking... Um, <laughs> I roast people quite a bit because I'm like, listen, if you're going to say dumb stuff on the internet, I'm probably going to make fun of you. However, <laughs> I care about you. I don't want you to be in an MLM. Um, I personally yeah. and a lot of other people to go over the uh, cult aspects of it, the um, manipulation, the faith manipulation, the fear mongering, the gaslighting. There's so much that goes into it. And it's just so insane. And um, that's what I do is I debunk it. I do deep dives. I do reaction videos. And yeah. That's awesome. And I love that you approach it from a way where like you have fun with it, but you also understand. It's the thing because me and Sarah always talk about this. Like we understand how people wind up in cults. You know what I mean? It makes, and like also then like you're like A to B equals C a lot of times. And like they just get led to that situation. And also when you're in something for so long, it's hard for people to realize around you what's going on. Mm -hmm. And then also the thing too, like, oh, they invested so much time to this. They're like, no, this is my fit. Like, so yeah. it's a very hard awakening wake up call. So it's good that you put in content that's, honest but also approachable to kind of help them get a middle ground and then get the people who be, who beat it to have a fun place to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. And um, a lot of people will say like, oh, well, you know, you're just, you know, making fun of them or something like that. And it's like, I don't think you understand most people who make this content we're in one so we mm. we get mm -hmm. it and um i a lot of people have said like oh yeah it's like no offense but it's like the new true crime um which i don't think that's the case but it definitely is like a new like era of it because i feel people there's such a thing with true crime when people are like oh it has to be like 
the 2020 special of like the murder and you're just like, oh, this thing that like, you're like, oh, I hope that never happens to me. But crime happens to people mm-hmm. every day and it can happen online and it can be like in such a sneaky way that you don't even know what's happening. Well, everyone has a connection to a multi-level marketing company. Either you were in one, mm-hmm. you know someone who was in one, you know someone who got scammed or someone oh. who is legitimately, it, it's it's a commercial cult. And it's really unfortunate, but um, I like to get people out of them and learn to just make fun of yourself and be like, oh my God, I really said stuff like that. That's embarrassing. And and that's okay. <laughs> what Which MLM were you in? We got to know. Well, fun fact. Um, so I was in three of them over the last Whoa. 10 years. Well, uh, Overachiever. Oh, no, no, no. Not at all. Not at all. Um, over the last 10 years, I joined three of them, uh, which the first one was Chloe and Isabel. I think that one closed already. It was jewelry. The second one was Lime Life or oh, Lime yeah. Light. They changed their name. They changed it. So dumb. And that one was makeup. And then the last one was Rodan and Fields. I quit every single one of them within 72 hours of joining them. Wow. something didn't feel right. So yeah, the, the main reason I got into um, into this content is because I live in, in Tampa, Florida and Monate is just taking over. And at that time, especially too, was just taking over like a virus. Um, mm. And it, I mean, it was COVID too, so. <laughs> there was a lot of viruses going on. Well, Here's I also have a question, and, yeah, because I wonder, because this is how MLMs are so good at what they do in that sense that so many of them have the same principles, but they market them so differently. When you, because like you were like burned once and then burned twice, but then to join a third, like, is it just like, because you're like, oh, this one might be different. Is it kind of like when you just all try to date guys named Chad, you're like, no, you're this like, one will be different. be different. Or yes. like, because is it the, in terms of like, how, what was like your thought process being like, okay, I'm done with this one, but oh, this new opportunity seems like it actually could be promising. You know, you'd think, <laughs> you'd think that I would have learned. But the thing was, is that the people who recruited me, like the first one, it's actually kind of funny because the first two were like almost the exact same scenario. So the first one, I was like looking for uh, like different sales jobs. And so I found it on like Glassdoor or LinkedIn or something like that. And <laughs> they they legit called me and like did like an interview. I had no idea that it was a, you know, any type of recruiting, anything like that. And then same with Lime Life. I had no idea. I thought I was just going to be just like a sales rep for them, which I would have been fine with. I mean, I, I can sell any anything at all. I've been in sales. I mean, I still kind of consider myself in sales being an influencer, but I've been in sales for over 10 years. I've sold, you know, penis medication, which that was a fun one, new construction <laughs> homes, spinal surgery, um, lip injections, like everything under the sun. So I was like, oh, you know what? Jewelry, that's okay. I can do that. Or, oh, makeup, I can definitely do that. Like I'd already started my YouTube channel. And then I like went through the training, just I watched basically two videos on their like internal system. And I was like, oh, this is the same shit as last time. Like, I don't want to do this. They bamboozled me. They really got me. The the second lady got me through LinkedIn and she had, oh, I hate LinkedIn. And that's why I have PTSD from it. Um, But she, (laughs) under, under her title, she had like a beautiful headshot and under her title was like regional director blah blah and all I the buzzwords exactly and i didn't realize you know what that i i you know i was in sales i was in you know the throes of corporate america and i was like oh wow that must mean something important right i mean 
I didn't know she was just a sales rep who was bullshitting well, everyone. I feel it's also that thing too, where especially like, I mean, obviously now we look at like LinkedIn is everything differently, but like a few, even like just like three or four years ago with LinkedIn, I always, I'm like, well, th- you have to be a legit business to be on LinkedIn. Cause I'm like, that's the business platform networking yes. thing. <laughs> I would never assume people would want to like, like troll so hard or like get away with all this stuff that they would go to LinkedIn. I'm like, no one chooses to go to LinkedIn. You go there cause you need to. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine if that's the next place where the Tinder Swindler goes? Oh, oh, I think God. that's the only platform he's allowed <laughs> on at this point. Like, all right. Just, put, just putting up job listings for people. Yeah. Oh, my God. Looking 200, for unpaid wife. Oh, God. Actually, you pay me. That's the yeah. job. That's- <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm really excited to get into this case, actually. Yes. Chelsea suggested it. It's really like an intersection of multi-level marketing, and um, I mean, what more could she want? Truly. Yes, truly. So today we're going to be talking about the murder of Paige Berg- Bergfeld, or is it Birchfeld? I don't know. Uh, I I, I'd say I say Bergfeld. That's what I thought, too. That's the way it's spelled. Um, before we get into the episode, I wanted to read a LinkedIn, literally, guys, LinkedIn oh, message uh, uh, I got from uh, a man by the name of Dave. Um, he said Yikes. he listened to the podcast on the life vantage guy, Rose question mark, and saw that the lawsuit is kind of four year old news and mostly dismissed as of late 2021. He's totally right. I mean, it wasn't new news. We just were like, oh, let's talk about the real housewives of Salt Lake City. <laughs> <laughs> so totally right. And yeah, I mean, I think there were just parts of the lawsuit keep getting dismissed. So it's not. And, and Justin was released from the suit uh, like a yeah. while ago. So it's definitely We did say not... he was dropped from it. So we, we didn't... Totally. Whitney should not be mad at us. But yeah, sorry, life ended. No, I, yeah. I know, right? Has she DM'd you been like, oh. no, but not thank yet. you, Dave, for reaching out and for listening. And you're right. It wasn't exactly like a smoking gun. We just wanted to talk about The Real Housewives. Well, Salt Lake City, yes. And we're owning yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most important part. So today we're going to talk about not LinkedIn. I wonder if there's like a LinkedIn killer but not linkedin we're going to talk about a crime that has multi-level marketing also a murder i think this podcast in one could be described Literally. in that way <laughs> surely so we're going to be talking about the murder of paige bergfeld and just a little bit about her she was a mom of three she was working multiple jobs to make ends meet and that's gonna come up in a second what those jobs were but she was, I mean, super beloved. Her brother said that she was the most outgoing person, independent, stubborn at times, just a great sister and a terrific mom. She had a bunch of friends. She had a business selling baby slings and a bit of entrepreneur vibes. I'm, I'm liking it. She started a preschool dance business called Brain Dance. So I have an entrepreneur here. She also sold Pampered Chef. And the thing is, though, she wasn't she was like apparently a top sales agent and even earned a trip to the Caribbean, which I mean, I feel like those trips are never really free. I always wonder whenever people are like, there's a free, so I'm like, what, how do, how do I get to go to the Caribbean like and Chelsea not open knows. my credit card? She's yeah. shaking her head. <laughs> no. So if, if something is reported on your taxes as income, that's not free. Um, and also another, another like epiphany that I had in the, in the shower, of course, um, always. the other I say the other day, it was probably like four months ago because I have no perception <laughs> of time. But I was in there and I was like, oh my God, I would hope they're free. Like, it's a work trip. I would hope that it's free. Like, you don't have 
really, you might have like some like free playtime or whatever, but whenever I've gone for like a work conference or, you know, a convention or something, yeah, you have like a little bit of free time here and there, like between seminars and, you know, speaking events or a silent auction, I don't know, something. And they act like, oh my God, it's a free vacation. No, girl, it's a work trip. That's on your taxes. And typically y'all are in a shared room. I've talked to so many women who like slept in the bathtub of one of the rooms. And yeah, it's atrocious. But also on the uh, Pampered Chef, like one of their like internal message board, not internal because it's not, you know, behind a a, um, privacy protected Mm -hmm. wall or anything. Um, I'm pretty sure, I think you you found that as well. Um, On there, there were people who, we're kind of updating about the case because this case went on for far too long. Yeah. And like crazy. Um, and one of the ladies was like, oh, she was just such a talented and successful director. And it's like, girl, if she was so talented and successful, she wouldn't have had to do the things that she oh five God, Yeah, working doing. on three jobs. That, yeah, like, I think it just speaks to like you can't. It's really hard to make actual money, money from doing yeah. these types of companies to make an actual profit. Um, even more so, I mean, the average profit is zero industry wide. You're going to be putting in more money, especially with ones like Pampered Chef. And back then, the internet wasn't popping like it is now, right? And that's why we've seen this resurgence of. Uh, multi-level marketing companies because of you know platforms like instagram and tiktok and all that um but with this one it's more of the in-home party so she would have to buy all of this inventory and all these products and things to be able to sell to people um and the people you're selling to are the ones who are close to you who are in your town so um it's it's just very sad and she most likely did not make much of a profit at all. I tried my very best to find uh, more of like an income disclosure statements, more detailed uh, like financial documents for Pampered Chef. And I could not find them anywhere. I found a little bit about like bonuses Mm -hmm. and just like every MLM document. It's like how... Like, I'm not high enough to read this. Like, I, do, I <laughs> have to open up another part of my brain oh. to even understand this, and I can't understand it. It is such a, it's, it's a different language with that. Yes, 100%. That's fact. Also, the last thing I'll say about the trip, it's not like the company is going like, hey, we're having a conference. We're going to fly you guys out. Like, you have to sell a certain amount to even be able to get to the That's trip. True. And then a lot of times mm-hmm. you have to pay to get there. Sometimes you have to pay for accommodations. Like, it really just depends, but... It's not like what a company trip should be where they just yeah you know, like thanking you for you. Your <laughs> They're just work. like no you yeah. have to pay for it. That is, oh basically. God, yeah. But I'll get into the disappearance a bit. Um on June 28th, 2007. Oh, you also Paige, uh, I don't think we addressed to that on top of because she had to open and operate so many businesses, she ran an escort service as well as one of her You're right. I buried ones. the lead there. The the escort service I feel like really came out in after the, the investigation. Yes. Yeah, that's where I thought she was going with this. I like, I liked the the twists and turns. Twist. Keep it going, girl. Drop the yes. mic. Let's Sarah, go. Oh, yes. <laughs> Cliff, story, I, I try to storyteller. her. <laughs> that's and that's the episode. Uh yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so on June 28, 2007, Paige vanished and left the kids with their living nanny. She said that she was going to come back later that evening, but never returned. Her friend Carol Linderholm, and and we'll get into Carol, because Carol is like a true ride-or-die friend, like, kind of literally. (laughs) So 
Carol said that she tried to get in touch with her, but Paige didn't return her calls, which was weird. And then Paige's daughter, Jess, who was only eight years old at the time, left voicemails begging her mom to come back home. Then Paige's dad, Frank, also tried to get in touch to no avail. So finally, after two days, Jess and the nanny go to file a police report. So on June 30th, 2007, the Mason County Sheriff's Department calls Frank to let him know Paige is missing and he immediately knows something is wrong. I feel like it's, you know, you're a mom of three kids. You're not just going to like go off the grid and stop answering your calls for And also days. like on top of that too, everybody has said that she is such like a good mom too, like doing so much for her kids. So it's not like they're like, oh, this was someone who would just run away from their family. Totally. And three days after she went missing, this was July 1st, her Ford Focus was found engulfed in flames, which is spooky. Um, and I mean, they investigated, it was definitely arson was the conclusion. Just the car was burned and like nothing around it. And tests later revealed that accelerants were used and the fire was started from inside the car on the passenger side. And then some other weird things that they noticed was that the driver's seat was pushed all the way back. Um, so they kind of concluded that somebody tall was driving, but Paige was only 5'4". And her day planner was found in the car, which was weird to people who knew Paige because she said they would basically she would never leave it behind. And also the dates that she went missing, June 26, 27, 28, 29, were torn out of the planner. So suspicious. suspicious. So of course, so now what they're dealing with is just a missing mom, car on fire. They don't know what is happening, but I know after the they saw the car on fire, they kind of were having the new layer of, okay, we are looking for more likely a body than a missing person. And so the investigators kind of, because this is, because Paige was married twice. So of course, like nine times out of 10 or 9.9 times out of 10, they immediately start looking into the husbands because a lot of times that's what happens. So investigators started looking at Rob Dixon, who was Paige's second ex-husband. And she had kind of a a volatile relationship. uh, Very like on and off again, Frank even called their relationship uh, like, was concerned about it. And even so, one night in 2004, Paige called the police saying that Rob threatened to murder her children. I, I believe he said something like, when you, you're going, like, she was going out, and then he was like, when you come home, your kids will be killed, which, that's yeah. fair reason. Yeah, that's pretty much but what he said. No charges were ultimately filed, but then in October 2005, he was charged with third-degree assault. Uh, Rob did deny any physical uh, altercation, but did plead guilty to misdemeanor harassment. The charge ended up getting dismissed. They divorced a year later. But you could see why a lot of people were like, okay, they had a very intense, not emotionally or physically positive relationship. So that's why a lot of eyes were on him. Uh, he I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, he seemed like the very valid suspect. When I was researching this, I kind of was like, okay, this is kind of where I assumed it would be going to. But uh, they found out that Rob was actually in Philly at the time. That's where he's been since he moved. They had his iPhone data. He was there every single day around uh, this case. So he was cleared of any involvement. So then they went back to her first uh, husband, uh, Ron Beigler, who was like her high school sweetheart. Which I'm like, I, it was very confusing when I was trying to make this outline. We had a Rob, we had a Ron. I was like, oh God, what's happening? <laughs> And she had started dating the first husband again 
and yes. they were like oh, yeah. they were like little kids they were so excited i personally love when that happens we have a close family um a close family that were like grew up two doors down from them Aww. and they got divorced and then now they you know the kids are all grown out of the house we keep seeing them at like all these events together and my brother will look at me and be like oh my god are they are they back together it makes me so happy because it's like our second parents yeah. basically Aww. they like helped raise us and i'm just like i don't know are they so i finally texted the mom and i was like hey mom are you are you dating my other dad again like what's happening and she was like yeah we, she's like we just live apart but like we have a great time and we love each other and i was like oh my god i was like kind of it's like kind of goals. I'm like, hey, babe, yeah. you want to get a different house? Can it's, you move out? I, yeah, when, seriously. When people all gave Gwyneth Paltrow so much shit for because her and her new husband don't live together, I'm like, that's genius. They have their yeah. space. They get to hang out together. They get time apart. And then you know what? You don't have to rock a boat. It's all it's all nice. Yeah. Oh, and that, okay. Separate bedrooms at the very least. Separate Listen, bedrooms I think too. I'm crazy for that. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. I want my own. Bed. Why do you think I have a giant beanbag behind me? <laughs> so that I can just snuggle up while he's either playing video games or just like tossing and turning in the bed. <laughs> there you go. Oh my god, beanbag life, yes. <laughs> yeah, love sack, get it. Um, so yeah, so they were married from 95 to 97, but like we were mentioning, they have started to get kind of back together because the main reason their marriage ended was because uh, Ron didn't want kids, Paige wanted kids. So it's sort of like they, she has her kids now, they can kind of rekindle. Um, and what she was, uh, Ron was actually one of the last people to see Paige alive around 7 p.m. on June 28th, 2007. They had a date at a rest stop about halfway between their homes because it was kind of like the meeting point for them. Uh, she called Ron. Yeah, because I think they maybe lived like a few hours from each other. I, yeah, because I think I, I like Google mapped. I was like, because when at first I was like, they did at a rest. I was like, I, I was like, I guess maybe that's just like maybe had a symbolic meaning for them. And I was like, oh no, it literally is the only place in between the two of them that I think they can right. go to. Because so. I think, did this happen in Colorado, right? Yeah. I think it was in Colorado, so they were pretty far apart. Yeah. How many times do you think they boinked in the parking oh. lot of that rest stop? <laughs> the rest stop, the rest stop employees are like, oh, here they are again. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. I mean, <laughs> it does give like, I'm like, oh, that's such like a, like, for a high school sweetheart, like just like a date, like having like candy in a car. I'm like, that is very sweet. It is high school vibes for sure. Like let's hang out in a yeah. parking lot. Yeah, I would be at the Starbucks parking <laughs> lot. Um, yep. So she called uh, Ron at about 9 p.m. as she was driving back home because it was like a couple miles away. And she said she'd call him again later. But she didn't call. And the next day when he called her, it went immediately to voicemail. So he was starting to get extra panic too while um, all of this was going on. And on Saturday morning, after still not hearing from her, he called the house and found out Paige was not, uh, has not returned since Thursday. And then he got in touch with the sheriff's office. And also, so all of this, like he was being very concerned and then kind of got placed into like, maybe he was, maybe he is a suspect they were looking into. But again, cell phone records prove that he was hours away from where Paige went missing. So he was ultimately ruled out. So then Paige's double life emerges so a few days after her car was found basically a motorist who'd gotten a flat tire found her checkbook on the side of the road which like throwback to checkbooks so they also found her health insurance card or her health card her insurance card and a bunch of other stuff and what was kind of interesting was she tore out basically one check at a time and threw it out the window like like dropping it like she's Gretel. Yeah, exactly. Like leaving breadcrumbs, trying to leave a trail. So smart. So smart. 
super smart. So one of the cards discovered was a business card for her side hustle as, wait for it, you guys already know, an escort. Um, she was also a former stripper, but I don't know if that was on the business card. Um, so then Rob told police, that's Rob is the most recent husband, mm-hmm. that he found out Paige was working as an escort in 2005, which led to the end of their marriage, which part of me is like, bro, like, why aren't you more concerned that you have serious financial issues? Because when they first married, he had a lot of money and then he like basically lost it all. Well, that's the thing, because out of all of the businesses that she's doing, I'm assuming this one would probably be the most profitable because even people were saying that she charged like more money than the standard rate that they could find for um, escorting and everything. And it's kind of like, yeah, like they were, because at first I was like, oh, is she doing this? Because when I saw that, oh, she started this when she was married to Rob, who everyone said was very wealthy and successful. I was like, oh, maybe she was just doing this because she like wanted to. But then I was like, oh, no, they he they had severe financial troubles. Well, he also filed for bankruptcy like right after they got divorced, which I that's mm. just such that's such a dick move. Like and I'm I feel like that's more of a uh, like a control thing and that he didn't want to pay like child support and everything like that. So then that just put more financial and more stress on her because she didn't want to move her kids out no. of this big house. She didn't want them to have to completely change lifestyles, which can be so traumatic for little kids. And this woman was doing everything for her children. And it's just so sad. Also, uh, she went by the name Carrie on her her card for escorting. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. It's, it's just so ridiculous that it's like you're addressing the the symptom, but not the actual illness to be yes. like, oh, I don't like that you're escorting, so we're going to get divorced. Like, why don't you think about why she's resorting yeah. to this? She's yeah. like, I don't like the idea of our house getting taken away because, yeah. Yeah. Like- yeah. So in 2005, Paige started her own company. It was called Models, Inc. We love a to-the-point name. I mean, hey, you know, yeah. Yeah, you get the Models, Inc. <laughs> so police ended up finding her second cell phone that she used for the escort business. I think it was like a burner phone. Mm-hmm. And figured out that her last call happened around 9 o'clock on June 28th, which is the day that she went missing. So now as they kind of go through her stuff, a new suspect emerges. So police kind of home in on a man named Lester Jones, who was a client of Paige's, and he had a record. That included, wait for it, sexual assault and kidnapping. Yeah. So I'm like, we have the guy. This is it. Uh, So Lester was a 55-year-old RV mechanic, and he tried to book Paige the day before she went missing. But Paige was pretty skeeved out by this guy and then talked Carol into the rendezvous instead. OG Carol friend, yes. I was like, because I read something that, she was skeeved out because she knew him before. I don't know if that, because I read in an ABC article that she was like, and she didn't want to go uh, do her escorting with someone who like she knew from like her yeah. OG life. Because she didn't want any, she didn't want anyone to know about it. Yeah. Um, and where, I'm, I don't know if you're going to go into this, but where uh, the car was found was right across the street from where he worked. I mean. From where Lester worked. So how do they know each other in real life? I I, I wasn't able to find. They just said that that's what that's what Carol was told from Paige that she didn't mm. want the client. So who I mean that's from secondhand. So they didn't really get into the details of how it known. And I was waiting to see if it would come out from Lester, but it didn't. I don't know if it was just maybe she was like I just don't want to see this man. So this one I'm gonna say or maybe took a car to the shop in general that he was a mechanic at or something. And the shop was only two miles from her house. I mean that's super close. Yeah. Yeah. 
So Carol rolls up. Apparently the first thing that she remembers Lester saying when she got to his house was, I want sex. And she was basically like, okay, cool. Call someone else by. Yeah. Which, like. <laughs> oh, gross. And just so terrifying. And he's yeah. married. So then she, and like. Super creepy. Yeah, married. Yeah. And um, she said that she gave him like the lightest massage of her life just because she did not want to really touch him and then left because she didn't want to, of course, like it's, I, that also I was impressed. That, I mean. Yeah, I'm like. Carol, I would have just like ran the like other way. Like one finger massage. <laughs> really, like, okay. It's like the episode of Friends where yeah, Ross exactly. is like <laughs> touching them with the spoons. <laughs> uh, gross. So yeah, like you said, Lester worked at this repair shop that was like across the street from where Paige's car was found. And he's also a tall guy. So remember how Paige's driver's seat was pushed all the way back? Pieces are starting to fit. Mm-hmm. One sort of interesting tidbit is that the owner of the RV shop where Lester worked described him as an honest, hardworking, likable employee. Not really the type of guy who would like plan to murder someone, maybe. But when, and, and also when investigators picked him up, he cooperated. He gave them fingerprints, DNA, the keys to his truck. It was a white pickup. The interesting about that white pickup is that Carol remembered Paige had had a scary encounter with a white truck before she went missing and I think, I don't remember the details, but she was kind of like trying to drive out of some parking lot, I guess, and it tried to block her in. Yeah, she was leaving. I want to say it was like one of her, oh, because she had her own um, office space set up or something like that. So then she was like in her car and the white pickup truck came behind her, like kind of trying to block her in. And she just kind of was like, I'm going to rev my engine and go back. I don't care if I hit the car. I just need to get out of here. And then when she was like reversing the pickup truck, ultimately... Moved out of the way, but it was apparently like the quote unquote scariest moment of her life, she said. So um, Lester did deny what he denied knowing what happened to Paige. But when police searched his property, they found a bra, men's wigs, a gas can, Viagra, condoms and a burner phone. That was like a track phone, I think Mm -hmm. is the brand. But what a scary assortment of items. Yeah. Yeah. It's never a good sign. Not a good no. sign. No. Alone, I think these are fine. But when you have Meg's men's wigs and a gas can and Viagra, I'm like, I don't want to be invited to that party. No, 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 no. No. It's just a lot. Yeah. And that's also, it it's impo- you can explain away one of those things. You can't explain away seven of them all mm-hmm. in the same trash bin. Right. And the other interesting thing about the burner phone was that before Paige disappeared, she'd received five calls from a burner phone. Mm-hmm. And that phone was activated the same day that Lester had the appointment with Paige's friend. So police looked up CCTV footage and saw him purchasing the phone at Walmart. But Lester tried to basically just pull a shaggy and be like, no, that's not me. And it's like, dude, we have the footage of you right here. How much delusional confidence do you have to have to like see yourself on camera footage and be like, I don't know who that... Wow, it's like King Palmer. I don't know the man at all. Sorry to that man. I know. Sorry to this man. That is you. I know. It also reminds me of like when... Like when people will lie on reality TV and it's like, we're going to see the footage in like six months. Like you might as well just come clean right now. It's going to come out. So police basically knew that Lester was the guy, but they couldn't do anything about it until they found Paige's body. Which was insane. It is insane, but it's also like really hard to prove a murder charge if you don't have a body to prove that it's a murder and not like a disappearance. I also do feel like either was like a part, I feel like it went cold, like they Russia once like the escorting came out just because I feel like how we've seen cases with escorts in the past get treated. I feel that definitely did not help them rush to solve and make major headways. Just my opinion. I could see that because I feel like it gets so focused on the like 
quote unquote scandalous aspect mm-hmm. of it. The lifestyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One um one more thing about <laughs> I yeah. mean a lot more things about Lester, but uh, oh, yeah. one Tell thing that everything. I found so first of all, man is terrifying looking. Um yes. but also there was one of my like f- I don't want to say favorite, but you know, we're all weirdos here. So one of my favorite things is when uh, one of the uh, detectives or sergeant, whoever, um, a law enforcement person, called him and was like, oh, it's, um, you know, Art Smith with the sheriff's office just calling you to let you know that we have both your cars uh, ready for you and your wife because they'd seize them to, you know, make sure they search them thoroughly. And he said, um, you ask me where I'd bury a body. What? You just said yeah. that unprompted? Yep. And Sergeant Smith goes, I'm sorry. <laughs> and and, and Les, Lester said, you asked me where I should bury a body. What? And then he, and what? then again, and then again, the sergeant said, when did I ask you that? And then Lester just goes, um, and then Sergeant Smith again says, Mr. Jones, are you there? Uh- <laughs> and then I, I, guess, I guess he just hung up. But um, Sergeant Smith said that was a very very interesting thing for him to say and (laughs) certainly would be the sort of thing that would go towards um being satisfied that you know he um he killed her oh i remember reading that quote and i think like after that his wife took the phone was like uh he has sleep he took a sleeping pill and then hung up and it's like that's not (laughs) that you don't go sleeping pill to like you asked me where i buried a body when someone asked you like hey your car's outside (laughs) no No. i'm gonna try that You want to like, go take Ambien and then call God. the cops? I'm going to try that as an interrogation <laughs> tactic. Like, killer says what? What? <laughs> huh? That sounds like what they you did. You did what? Yeah. I repeat that again. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I blinked twice. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so fucking weird. What was the other thing that you found about Lester? Oh, yeah. Or was that it? Who, me? Yeah. You said you found, like, a bunch of things. Oh, was no, that, that was just saying that. that. I mean, also that he's a terrifying creep. That he got thwarted by Ambien. He, Him and Roseanne Barr both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, God. Listen, Ambien makes you do weird things and, like, makes you, like, I mean, look at Mike Birbiglia, one of my, like, favorite comedians. He jumped out of a oh yeah f- a window yeah. in the La Quinta Inn in Waya Waya, Washington. Oh. And, yeah. He, yeah, but, but he has but a sleep disorder. Well, yeah, and it also doesn't make you like being groggy and kind of high doesn't make you ask a no. ask a cop, cop to sort of confess to murder. Yeah, yeah, to accidentally confess to murder. But why didn't the cop be like, "Well, where would you bury a body?" Yeah, like, I don't. True. Sometimes I'm like, "You had the slam dunk almost, and you botched it, dude." Like, why you didn't you just really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's I think it's kind of like when someone like says something just so ridiculous to you that you're not <laughs> expecting and then like three hours later or some this happens to me and my husband all the time like four days later i'll be like i'll say the response like so passionately and he's like are you are you now saying your comeback to that argument you had three days ago with that person and i'm like yeah got you him. know it and he's like he's like yeah, i came up worst. with the response in the shower yeah that's it always comes yeah oh always all the time and so I, I think that's maybe what happened like i think the sergeant was just like excuse me what the fuck did you just say right. and also because like i'm sure this, like if you're just calling to have like a car be returned you're like probably doing 12 yeah. calls or that and you're like wait what? i'm th- i don't know what's happening yeah now. absolutely 
Oh, man. But in March 2012, they did get a break. So this is, what, three, four years after the disappearance, right? Yeah. Um, they got a break. A hiker found Paige's remains near where the cards and all that other stuff had been found in a gulch. And authorities were able to conclude that Paige was duct taped and then tied up when she was brought out to that area. So finally, in November 2014, that's again two years later, justice system, she moved slow. But eventually, Lester Jones was charged with first-degree murder, second-degree murder, and kidnapping. Well, I also was going to say, because I know, because I feel like if you guys are listening to, you're confused, you're like, the hike, the the remains were found not suit. Like, you're like, why, how were they just found now when, like, dogs sniffing over there? The only answer I could get was that the desert is very big, so I don't really know if that is satisfying to anybody, but I also had that question of, like, how were they having all this hunt looking for her, but not finding her then? And right. Like, how did you not check near, near the, the de- like, trail of belongings? Yeah. I think he, um, I think he like buried her a little bit or like put shit over her kind of. But then again, with, with like cadaver dogs, essentially, you would yeah. think that they'd be able to find them. But from what I was reading, it seemed like just over years, like just earth Land. moves i'm not a scientist yeah. i no, don't yeah. know but no yeah it's, do that. it seems like that's what happened i have no idea that makes sense though yeah totally so then in july 2016 lester's trial began and the prosecution's theory was that he was angry that he couldn't continue to book page for services so he killed her and lester's ex-wife even testified at the trial that in the late 1990s lester held her at gunpoint and threatened to kill her basically after she left him for another guy um, and there was this incident where he followed them home and shot at them. Oh. And that actually occurred before holding them at gunpoint. Because wasn't she like, he like, they got in the car together when they were like looking together and she was like, where are we going? And he's like, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Like the fuck. Yeah. And even his current wife couldn't give him an alibi for when Paige went missing. But somehow, and I, I would love to know if you guys figured out how, because somehow the jury was unable to reach a verdict and a mistrial was declared on September 9th, 2016. But I'm like, how? I know that the uh, when the detective or the when the lawyer was trying to find out what like what made the jurors kind of like sway with it, they were like, how can we be sure to place him at the work site? So like or like at like or something like that. They were like, how can we like be like certain about that? I personally do not under if I was on the juror. I do not know if I would need, like, that much time stamping and stuff like that, especially after, like, the, I mean, I thought, like, the, especially his ex-wife's testimony and everything like that. I really right, didn't understand the, it. the burner phone the and burner everything. The burner phone and truly every single part of this scenario. <laughs> I don't know, but I guess it's good that we have people who take their jobs seriously before it you know, convicting someone. Uh, so Honestly, yeah. So thankful, like, thankfully, a second trial began November 21st, 2016, which is like kind of recent. Like, I know not like how long this case was going on for. It's still 2018 in my mind. So it's, that's recent to yeah, me. That's really. also the mind fuck in my head. I was like, that's yesterday, right? And I was like, oh, no. I'm like, what's going on? Uh, this yep, time, yep. the prosecution found CCTV footage of Lester driving his wife's car circling Paige's work site the day that she went missing. So this time happened a lot uh, quicker. So after four days of deliberation, Lester is found guilty on all counts. Colorado law only allows for life without possibility of parole. He was given that. Of course, like they always do, Lester is trying to appeal his conviction because there's no physical evidence 
tying him to the crime despite all okay, the Scott Peterson video footage, enough. et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. One thing I read as well is um, that they had they the ominous they the jury um, had trouble focusing on all I mean all of this proof all of this evidence due to kind of what we were saying before her quote lifestyle mm. end quote which is absolutely infuriating um, because it I mean it was a, it was a secret so if you think about it I mean it wasn't a lifestyle wow. um, she wasn't out here. I don't even know how to argue that, um, but it's it's just really infuriating. And if, you know, sex work was uh, decriminalized mm-hmm. or legalized, then people would be able to be a lot safer and be safer from absolute creeps and like this man. Yeah. I ha- I need to not have his face on my computer screen. It's- He's it's so awesome. creepy. Oh, don't do well, that. Yeah, I, definitely scary looking guy. It's, and I talk about victim blaming too. Uh, exactly. And I'm I'm glad you brought that up too because, uh, Chelsea, because I was like, in the span of him just this case going cold, I was in my head, I was like, has he just, he could have done this more for cases that for, for women that just have not been brought the attention to or given the time of day or anything yep. like that. And it's just, it's ugh, true. It's awful. Yeah. I think um her, her father, Paige's dad, had a, I mean, I don't think the case would have gotten as much attention, which realistically, I mean, most people have no idea about this. No. Um, but I think he was just such a big advocate for her and just heard, I just want to snuggle her dad in an adorable way, not a weird way, but it's just (laughs) (laughs) no, he's just so like such like an advocate for her. And obviously, I mean, that's her daughter, but there are people who, you know, just don't want anything done about it. And they're like, oh, well, they're missing now. You're in, I mean, would have given up, but he he didn't. He was front and center, very involved. And I I, I love that. Absolutely. It's sad. <laughs> so, so I'm glad that just as they were able to, because I feel so many times with these cases, it just remains nothing. So I'm glad he ultimately did uh, get found guilty. But I know it's just so ugh, infuriating. And I know like the ki- like even her kids had to testify too and everything. And it's just such... A traumatizing time for that family so i'm glad i hope that they are yeah having some peace wait and i also want to i don't know how much you can talk about it chelsea as a complete kind of uh recircling around you said that you just posted literally we're recording this february 24th you posted today about some stuff in florida with mlms can you give us any little updates or like teasing that um so due to Ooh. Uh, legal documents that I've signed. I can't talk. Okay, that's fair. I can't talk too much. I'm not trying to get. Um, no, I'm not trying I, to get to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's um there's a lot of a lot of things in uh, the works. Um, I had a call this morning with some important people. You know, handing over some information to them. I mean, I've I've made it public before. Yeah, I've I've been working um, with lots of organizations and important people to uh really i mean i hate saying oh take down monate but basically to burn it to the ground so i can laugh over the ashes yes. you know burn it yeah. to the ground, casual. Like burning everybody's scalps literally yeah. yeah i like that and everyone can see because you post on your i feel like you post on your youtube like 85 times a week i don't know how you do it oh my god i <laughs> i wish no only only two videos a week and then um i do a podcast episode as well um the Down a Rabbit Hole Ooh. podcast. So it's pretty exciting. I'm focusing on family annihilators right now, which is really depressing. Oh, so is that cool. people who kill their families? 
Well, oh gosh, those are yeah, always like the hardest I, cases. We just did one. Oh god, which one? Um, Shanann Watts. No, we have. Well, that John, one. John I remember List? watching that documentary, like crying. So that was, I think, a case that I I hated covering because it was just so sad. Oh, um, Susan. Well, we just did an update on Susan Cox Powell. So that was another one that I was like, I can't. I feel like the uh, the chess cam footage, or not chess cam. The my husband would be my husband's a cop so he'd be correcting me right now every time i say chest cam he's like you mean body cam and i'm like it's on your chest (laughs) yeah it's a chest cam cam. yeah he's like i don't just like have titties and i'm like be quiet yes you do you're beautiful um but watching that footage in that documentary and seeing like if you didn't get chills when the neighbor turned to the cop and was like he's acting weird <laughs> like uh, yeah oh so, that's a good human right there that, yeah that's oh, a yeah. good human and that was i forget what was that on netflix that was a well-done documentary too which was it was yeah. netflix yeah. i know so, the one the so one well, well done. done documentary on netflix they have one a year which is the tinder swindle like was a, the one this year so it's downhill for i was gonna it. say exactly yeah. like a broken clock oh. is right twice a day mm-hmm. that's really netflix and their true crime content yeah. at this point <laughs> we love them but love them Love to do any true crime stuff with them, but yeah. <laughs> Shanann Watts was also in the multi-level marketing company, uh, Lavelle, which yes, is also known Thrive as Thrive. Patches, right? Yes. Oh my God, that stuff is crazy. But, you know, that goes into, it's a, another uh, more like modernized example of how putting on this facade and trying to, you know, uh, put that forward in this perfect life that this company and this quote opportunity gave you. Mm-hmm is so dangerous because, you know, and not blaming that, you know, on the MLM, obviously it's her garbage husband's fault. He's a psychopath, but, and that's horrible. And God rest those sweet babies and that beautiful, wonderful woman. Um, But I mean, the MLMs in both these cases and in like the Jodi Arias one and all that, those definitely play a a big, big part. Yeah. So for those looking to learn more about why, you know, n- murder aside, big aside, why MLMs can be so harmful and, and just, you know. Just to learn more about them and also to realize, like, that they're not, because some people are still actively in them and, like, that you're not alone and you can get out of them. And, mm-hmm. I mean, Chelsea's 0 for 3. I mean, 3 for 3 survive in them. So, you know, <laughs> you're, you have a good support system yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's people who have been in them for years and years and who were born into them. I mean, that's even... That's even a crazier topic that I want to fall down the rabbit hole of. But um, you can find my YouTube videos on, obviously, YouTube. And I am CC Suarez on there. So just my first initial, middle initial, and then my last name, Suarez. And um, I post two videos a week. Um, I do deep dives, like I said, on certain multi-level marketing companies, on certain tactics, on certain top leaders as well, which they love to send me cease and desist oh for. <laughs> they love they love to try to silence mm-hmm. your girl, but I usually do like dramatic readings of them and then just shove them <laughs> in my in my uh, my cabinet. Yeah, no, it's uh, like if you don't know the actual definition of like what defamation, slander, and libel mm-hmm. is, don't don't put the wrong definition on a <laughs> on a cease and desist. Like who wrote that? Don't waste your time. That's how you yeah. know they got their like law school friend or they're just like, yeah. I have a Jewish friend. Can you just write up a legal letter for me? It it was from Legal Shield, the one that Whoa. um Jody Arias and what's his face were in. Well then. A legal multi-level marketing is sending you a yeah. cease and desist for that's a pyramid scheme that in is, and of itself. That, yeah. that is yes. 
the pyramid scheme sending you a season desist for your pyramid scheme content like holy mm -hmm. shit lord yeah it's it it is absolutely crazy but i'm not gonna be quiet i'm gonna yeah. keep talking about it as are the you know other people who make um content like me and we're making waves and making a big difference i mean to date i stopped counting already but um as I told you, Sarah, I've helped over uh, 20,000 people get out wow. of multi-level marketing companies and commercial cults and actually, I mean, cults in general. I've helped a lot of people get out of uh, Scientology, Mormonism, and then also uh, the uh, Jehovah's Witness, too, which is crazy because yeah. they're so they're they're cults, yeah. whether, whether it's religious or a commercial cult. They're both cults. Yeah. So uh, it's amazing. Well, keep on doing what you're doing. Thank then. you yeah. so much. Thank you. Yeah, I know. And keep fighting the good fight, like literally. Literally. Doing yes. it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Also, follow CC on Instagram at, was it IMCC Suarez? Yes, IMCC Suarez across all social yes. media and then just CC Suarez on YouTube. Fabulous. Awesome. And thank you so much for coming on and discussing this case with us. We learned a lot. Yeah. I learned a lot. Y'all told me stuff that I didn't know <laughs> and I even made a video <laughs> about it. So I'm I'm sitting here like, damn, I, I didn't know this part. <laughs> it's good. Just combine, yeah, combine combining everybody's forces. knowledge. Yes. <laughs> it's like it's your job or something. You're really good at it. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on. Everybody go follow Chelsea and thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales Pico and Sean Kilby. Our hosts are Sarah Levine and Danny Murphy. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at NATC Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to NATC at Betches.com. Betches.